Welcome to Geek Out with Angie Fiedler Sutton, an ongoing discussion on geeky topics. It's that time again, time for the PaleyFest Fall TV Previews. This year, I was lucky enough to attend on behalf of Sci-Fi For Me and our Horror For Me division. I've already done my first piece, a mini-review of Son of Zorn and The Exorcist. The link to that review is in our show notes. So these are the legendary brothers who thought they could defeat the underworld. Yep. In this episode, we cover the red carpet for the screening of the first episode of Season 3 of From Dust Till Dawn, the series. The television show, based on the movie of the same name, follows the continuing adventures of the Gecko Brothers, fighting for the various forces of hell. Uh, my name is Diego Gutierrez, and I'm an executive producer. I'm from Dust Till Dawn. Remakes and reboots are a real big thing lately. We're actually going to be doing a podcast next week about that and whether there's too many or whatnot. Was that something that you were concerned with when you decided to develop this? Um, not necessarily, primarily because it was something that was coming from Robert himself, uh, the guy that had made the original movie. Uh, and I think that changed things for us a little bit. It was also him launching El Rey with this particular show. So uh, we were looking to create a strong brand, and this show already had it built in. So it allowed us to basically just expand on some great stuff that he had. and. Uh, and, you know, Robert works outside of Hollywood so much that I don't think I, personally, I ever really felt like, oh, we were just doing another remake of, of something that had been done before. Because I, don't, I think if it wasn't for him and if it wasn't for the network, the show would have not, you know, the movie would have not gotten remade. So. Now, this, is, this plays on El Rey t- TV when it's not in the U.S. and Netflix on the U.S. Was that uh, the first choice or was that part of the process? Um, you know, it's sort of deals that get worked out, I think, between the, the distributors, the network, the studio, and, and whatnot in terms of how it rolls out. Um, I think for Robert, obviously, it was important that it play on El Rey first and foremost, because that's his home. Uh, but, you know, these days, shows have to have life uh, beyond their first airings, and there's so many different markets for that, that that's where Netflix came in, and, uh, and we were able to distribute the show worldwide. Now, Netflix is obviously different from quote-unquote standard TV because you get the whole season at once versus one, you know, so you're able to binge watch it. Do you feel that that has affected how the show is put together, how it's written? Um, not as much as you'd think. Uh, it's definitely something we're aware of uh, and we keep in mind, uh, especially when we're sort of really wrapping up the episodes, if you will, and creating either uh, uh, previously on segments or not, you, you know, people have been watched. But in terms of uh, how we shape the episodes and structure the episodes, it's pretty much the same as it always has been. Yeah. And why, if someone hasn't seen the show, why should they watch it versus, you know, if they've loved them, if, either if they love the movie or if they didn't love the movie or if they've never even seen the movie? Well, it, it, we really do stuff on it that not a lot of other people are doing in TV. The fact that we're in cable, the fact that we're working with Robert directly, uh, allows us to do this genre mashup, which is basically what Robert and Quentin did for the original movie, the criminal world, uh, uh, Quentin's world of the guys with the black suits and the black ties, and Robert's world of uh, monsters and creatures. And the mashup between those two things is something that's really rare uh, and special uh, in TV and really like nothing else out there. So. And then this is a standard question I ask everybody because we're sci-fi for me. We also have a horror for me subset. Um, Genre has become a lot more popular lately. It's now chic to be geek, uh, where it used to be very, very cult kind of thing. Um, In your opinion, why do you think that is? Why are more and more people coming to genre? 
Um, I think because whether you were a geek or not, people have been enjoying this stuff for a very, very long time, and they may have not been as outspoken about it as they are now, but I think there have been some really uh, amazing creators that came and reinvented uh, a lot of these genres that, that had existed before, and both developed a huge new fan base, uh, but at the same time reinforced people that had already been watching it. And uh, uh, yeah, I think people are just, much like we tried to do with the vampire genre, trying to reinvent it and keep it going in different ways that people find interesting. So, yeah. In well, you said it is is different from other vampire shows. Um, in terms of audience base, do you, does that help? Does that hurt? I mean, do you feel like you have to build more? Um, I think it helps for the most part. I'm sure some people, you know, see what we're doing with vampires. Maybe that's not their thing, or if they're very, you know, devoted to the uh, original item, they might not follow us on, on this particular path. Uh, we tried to distinguish it, uh, backing ourselves uh, with uh, Mesoamerican mythology, with Aztec and Mayan mythology, which is something that uh, culturally is very interesting and important to us. You know, Robert obviously being Latino, El Rey being a, a, a network that is really for everyone. There's fantastic stuff on it. But but it's definitely has a has a focus on uh, uh, celebrating Latino talent and, and Latino themes and so you know for our vampires they're not really even vampires in the bat sense of the word they're more snakes uh, there are a bunch of different things culturally and uh, and even you know anatomically if you will that are different about them that uh, for us were fun to explore. So. And what would you say is the hardest part of your job? Uh, I would say it's. Uh, Gosh, that's a tough. That's a tough question. I mean, look, it's all a, a great big challenge. But if it wasn't, uh, I wouldn't be as excited about it. Uh, it's constantly fun. There's constantly challenges, both on the production side of things and on the creative side of things. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that one thing is harder than the other, but in the end, they're all pretty rewarding. So it's exciting. My name is Sarah Minnick, and I play Florinda. Okay, and for people who may not have seen the show, tell me a little bit about your character. Sure. Florinda is one of the sort of assassins slash assistants to the Gecko Brothers in the beginning of the season, and uh, she's sort of a kick-ass chick that gets taken over uh, mentally by the Skull Keeper, so okay. she gets kicks some ass. Awesome. Well, I mean, women representation in genre has been a big... Um, issue. Tell me a little bit about, is this a stereotypical strong female character or how is it different? And I really enjoyed the fact that you don't expect my character to come out and sort of be a badass to come out and, and kick this guy's butt, but she does, you know, and she's, she's sort of strong and she's kind of quiet and mysterious. So in that way, I guess that's a little bit typical, but I think the character in general, you just don't expect what's coming. And I like that. I like that. Um, what drew you to the part? Oh, I wanted to do the action. I really love action acting, and, and this gave me the opportunity to do that. That's something that I want to get more into. And so when I found out I got this role, I was like, yes, give me a chance to do a little bit of action and do a little bit of, you know, hard, kick-ass type thing. So. Okay. Um, what can we expect from the, the upcoming season or the new season? I would keep my eyes open for some pretty badass blood, guts, gore, action, sexy, uh, the whole nine yards, you know, you really get it all, right? So. And then my final, I ask this of everybody, um, genre has become very popular, especially in, la you know, it's becoming chic to be geek. Um, why do you think that is and what draws people to the genre of sci-fi and horror? I think people want to live outside of their reality, right? So the reality is so norm and mundane and it's so every day I have to go to work, then I have to come home, I have to sleep and go to work again. No, people want action, people want fun, people want something that they can kind of fantasize about, right? And I think that's why genre's gotten so popular. It's, it's just, it's something people can, can kind of live in outside of their normal lives and have some action and fun. And what would you say is the hardest part of your job? 
waiting to hear back on auditions and callbacks. It's, it drives you a little bit cuckoo. <laughs> Marcos Aror, and I play solo. Okay. And tell me a little bit about your character. My character is an Aztec Jaguar warrior that comes from hell, that is, tra is trained in hell to stop everybody and give it give them a hard time. So he drives through the like 405. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a in a Harley. <laughs> um, what can we expect from the third the upcoming season? Well, it, I think I'm am really happy, you know, it was very demanding. We did some great fight scenes and action sequences, so I'm sure is a is is different. You guys going to get surprised. We we did some crazy stuff. No wires, no CGI. Uh, actually some good good action and fights with a lot of content, contact, adrenaline, so I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy it a lot. What drew you to the part? Uh, well, Robert called me and he's like, Marco, I, I, you know, you got, I got this role for you and it could not be perfect. It's like, a, you know, for me, I was so excited and of course. Uh, obviously this is based off of the movie, but it's obviously different. Um, what would you say is the big difference between this versus the movie? I think the big difference is that this just they took a little the, the little movie that it's you know nice and contained to this crazy world that it's it's a non-ending it's is this universe is growing and growing and and it, in this season you're gonna see like it just you know I think it's like they took it to the next level like basically in makeup in the fighting in the the monsters and all this craziness that you're going to see in this in this new season so um, what would you say is the hardest part of of your role the hardest part uh, well of course doing a fighting even though that's what i do it's always going to be a big challenge because uh, you're dealing with a lot of training and physicality and you have to prepare yourself very good so you don't injure yourself so you know you're for example, we did a fight scene in uh, opening in the desert, very hot, like crazy in, Albu in the Albuquerque, and we're 10 hours fighting, eight hours, eight hours fighting, dehydrated. So it's a very demanding, you know. So it's always make sure that the training is there and you prepare because you know you're gonna go for it. Um, and then this is something I ask everybody. Since we're obviously sci-fi for me, we also have a horror for me subset. In your opinion, why do you think people are, are more drawn to genre of shows? I think they're relaxing more. They're understanding that it's life is about having having a good time, not taking life so serious sometimes. And and when you see genre. If you see it with the right eyes, you understand that that's all what it is about. Like, it's, you know, it's nice when you go to Fantastic Fest or, or Film Festival of the genre and you see the craziest thing happening in the screen and everybody's laughing and having a good time. And you're like, when you don't understand that, you're like, wow, why they're laughing? I'm so afraid. Or like, but this is something that understand that you just have to play. It's all about playing, having a good time. Don't take everything so serious. You know, and enjoy. You know, if one you of the things that, that from Dust and Dawn is different from, from quote unquote, you know, the other vampires is the Hispanic influence. Um, obviously, this is not Twilight yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, do you think that's what kind of draws people to it, or do you think that's a stepping ground that, that has been had to, to accomplish, you know, overcome? Yeah, well, no, I think, I think uh, you know, uh, Robert's world and, you know, and his style and his how he's so honest with what he likes and what he puts in front of screen. It's so um, honest and it's so true. 
and people see that truth. People see that that's, that he's playing, that he loves this, what he does, and that's you're never gonna get. No matter what you, how you try, if you're not true to yourself, you're not gonna get that. You know. So that's what you see in Dustin in in his show, in this show. It's it's ori it's original. It's it's true. You know, and and people can see that. And I and I think that's the number one value that I see of his work. And that's why you know I'm, I've been a big fan of him. He's been a big inspiration. I'm always going to be supporting everything that you know. And then the silly question: What's your favorite weapon? My favorite weapon. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's an interesting one. You know, I like. It's a weapon that I I would love to use. It's a, a knife that it's implanted to the shoes. Oh yes. So yeah, so I can kick <laughs> and do some a little damage. <laughs> so hopefully I can get to do that. So. I'm Danny Trejo and I'm playing the regulator. I don't negotiate, I regulate. <laughs> tell us, for, for those who may not have seen the show, tell us a little bit about your character. Well, the regulator is a guy that uh, when you see him, you know somebody's going to die, multiple people. And, uh, and he's a guy that if he eats your ears, he can hear what you've heard. If he eats your tongue, he can know what you said. If he eats your eyes, he can see what you've seen. So, basically, I'm eating a lot of body parts in this movie. He's telling me you didn't do any actual preparation for this Boy, role. There's some great, great scenes, I'm telling you. There's some scenes that are like, yeah. Well, you know what, it's like I took somebody's ear, it was a fake ear, but but as I come up, you see the ear and hair, like, wow, when you see it, it's awesome. What made you decide to do this part? Well, Robert, first of all, El Rey. I love the El Rey network. I love what they're doing, you know, and, and uh, the stuff that they're going to do is going to be awesome. But uh, I love the way Robert works. I love the way the directors he picks. The you know, He's got a real good team. So it's like going home. Working in Austin for me is like going home. Working in New Mexico is like going home. So it's going to be a lot of fun. What can we expect from this upcoming season? Action, action, action. And scary. Pick a good date to watch it with because she'll be holding on to you. <laughs> uh, my standard question I ask everybody, we're sci-fi for me, we have a horror for me subset. Uh, genre has become very popular lately. It's now, you know, m much more chic to be geek, as I call it. Um, why do you think, in your opinion, it's become more popular in the last few years? Well, uh, you know what, sci-fi, first of all, I got to tell you that Robert Rodriguez kind of started the vampire... Um, zombie craze with From Dust to Dawn. And people have just gone and gone. They love it. People love to be scared. They love to be entertained. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why sci-fi is like so cool. Maurice Comte, I play Brassan from Dust Till Dawn, season three. <laughs> and uh, for those who may not have seen it yet, uh, tell me a little bit about your character. Uh, I actually play an exiled god that's been sentenced to the underworld. I come back up. Uh, I used to be tasked with the job of carrying the sun from, you know, this has all evolved from actual folklore. So the folklore of Brasa is he was the god that carried the sun at the end of the day through the underworld and dropped it off on the other side of the actual world to rise and, and journey across the sky, you know, so he did that for thousands of years. He got bored, started killing people. 
As someone who's dabbled in acting, how do you prepare for a role? It's not like you can like research, you know, be it look, watch a god. You know, um, <laughs> this character um, ran very similar lines to one of my favorite plays by a, a very old playwright, Christopher Marlowe, called Dr. Faust. So the story of Dr. Faust, as you know, was making a pact with the devil, and this one is kind of, you know, similar in what do you do when you have all of that power and you are that person, but you're not, and you're trying to break free from your own. You know, I think at the end of the play, when he knows what awaits him in the play, there's just all these wonderful moments that really allowed me to get in deeper with this. I just enjoyed it. I just had a great time. There's a very theatrical, you know, with this kind of stuff that's gore and stuff, when you put on masks, when you when you take on these characters, it's, it's done in a very different way than the traditional way that you become a person that lives in our world and has a nine to five and does whatever it is that he does for a living. You know, this is, this is like a guy who evolved from thousands of years of being in the underworld. It's, you 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 get a lot more license to use your imagination, and I think that made it a blast. Okay. Um, what should we expect for the upcoming season? Uh, blood and guts, you know, fire, brimstone, you know, all the good stuff. And what's your favorite part of, of doing the part? You know, um, the interactions that I got to have with uh, the cast members was really one of my favorite parts. Some of the dialogue was really good. You know, some of the battles we got into were was, was gun versus supernatural, and that made it a lot of fun. You know, this is... I have, I have two children now, and using your imagination, you get taken right back again. It's an integral part of, of growth and development, I think, of the psyche. And really, you get to go back to all of that stuff. It's a wonderful time. Do you allow your kids to watch it? Uh, no, I like for him to sleep. He's only four, so maybe when he's 16. At four years old, I don't think so. I don't want him to think of me as a demon. I'm already the one tasked with uh, punishing and stuff, which we don't do very much of, but obviously he wouldn't want to mess with me if we did. So. And then this is a standard question I ask everybody. Uh, the genre uh, overall has really become popular, uh, especially in the last two years. It used to be you know, only niche audiences would like it, and now it's like everybody can admit they like genre. In your personal opinion, why do you think that is? Archetypes. I think we all exist with these archetypes within us that have no expression. Plus, we're in a society that things get so doled out and regulated to you that you end up falling into a niche yourself. People don't know how to individualize yourself. I think through your taste, through your expression, through things, other things, I think it awakens things inside of yourself. And I think that's why this particular genre is actually starting to take off. It may be dark, but we have darkness that you know, sometimes comes out in horrible ways, but when we see other people, we actually get to have like a, a, a psychic conversation with ourselves, you know what I mean? And understand our own darker natures. I mean, somebody had to write it, it had to come from somewhere, you know what I mean? We understand that. You can watch the panel that followed the screening over on Hulu, and I've linked to that in my show notes. From Dust Till Dawn, the series no season three premiered on the El Rey Network on September 6th. While the first two seasons are available on Netflix, there is currently no word as to when season three will be showing. For more information about the show, visit the El Rey Network website, which is also available in my show notes. Up next, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yes, I got to interview Bruce Campbell. Thanks for listening to Geek Out with Angie Fiedler Sutton. The theme song is Schoolyard Haze by Jerry Pitkin, available via the Free Music Archive. The podcast is recorded in partnership with Sci-Fi For Me Radio and released under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share-alike license. Links for more information on all this are available on angiefsutton.com.